Um, it's always a challenge when things get quiet, right? It's always a challenge when things get quiet because sometimes we don't know what to think or what to say because we're so busy, we're caught up in life and doing life and the things that are around us and, and all of the excitement of life, and we don't think about those very things often. So today's message, of course, is daily bread, um, as you know, the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. There's a, a portion of that which we actually are taught or Jesus teaches his disciples, uh, pray this way, right? And one of those things is to ask for our daily bread. So petition, to petition God for those things that we need or we desire, right? It's to bring those before the Lord. So we're going to continue about that. We're going to talk a little bit about what's a good petition, possibly a not-so-good petition. And the purpose of this is so that we actually kind of consider sometimes when we bring our prayers before the Lord in petition, it's probably a good idea to be in the right position. Now, I totally agree with Pastor Emily when she had mentioned there's really no formulaic thing. There's not some kind of magic to it to, to make it uh, you, yourself in a better place than another when you begin to pray. But there is something that happens when a father responds to a child who is actually heartfully, heart-filled going before the father, Right? You, how many of you have kids? You got kids? Anybody got kids? How many of you got grandkids? I just spent the last week, and I'm not the one that did all the work. I'm just watching most of it, so I'm really in some ways not the greatest grandfather of all. But I just spent the week with my grandson, who is like a demolition service. He's like running around and picking stuff up and putting it in his mouth, and he literally reaches over to the paint on the wall and begins to rip it off the wall. He pulls the plugs out. He pulled the register out of the floor and the ground, and I'm thinking, can he get stuck down in there? I mean, he is like amazing. He, if, if you need your house torn apart, I have a service just for you. It's amazing what children will do, what we will do as kids. And sometimes we get in a position where we're like, Daddy, I want a pony. And I may not even deserve that pony. And so the point of that is, is sometimes we will get a better response when we petition the Father's heart because we've humbled ourselves, because we've laid ourselves down before the throne so this is all a part of the petition. I want to start with this passage, Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now that word supplication is also in this context. You'll find it in some, uh, some translations as petition. You know, some people might debate petition, supplication, but contextually, that's that same word. To bring your, bring your petition before God, right? And so we, we want to do five considerations in this process about petition. We're talking about petition. I just want to throw those out there for you. What is a prayer of petition? Ask that question. Petitions in the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, what are those? What is that petition or those petitions in that prayer? Some thoughts on what not to teach your kids on prayer and petition and what is a healthy petition. How might I pray a prayer of petition to make it known to God, right? Well, it kind of ties together. 
What is a prayer of petition? As Pastor Emily pointed out in her message on intercession or interceding in prayer last week, right? How many of you remember that message? Yeah, yeah. Some of you probably forgot it already. I'm one of those people, even though I preach, I'll forget the same message that I preached, you know, like, like two minutes later. So I understand that. But there's some powerful stuff in there. And hopefully you remember it. Petition and intercession, you can actually have petitions inside of an intercession. You understand that? So petitions is anything that you ask for. A petition is anything that you ask for. Right? But generally we think of and we teach, generally we teach these things as a petition is often about what I need, my daily bread. But it can be anything that we ask. And an intercession is often those things that we pray for somebody else or some, some situation. Maybe we're praying like we prayed for the Spanglers, right? Maybe we're praying for another nation or a, another ministry, something else. Maybe the Holy Spirit lays something on my heart to pray for someone else. So there is a little bit of a, of a difference between the two, and yet there can be a petition in an intercession, to intercede, intervene on behalf of another person. But petition, make a person, a, or present a person, or present myself, my needs before the Lord. So we look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 6, 9 through 13 is what we're looking at here. And it says this in Matthew 6, 9. It says, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, what? Our daily bread, a petition. Now you could pull that prayer apart and say, that, well, there's really kind of more than one petition. Well, maybe, yeah, because petition is anything we ask for. But in context of what we're talking about petition, we ask for our daily bread. Lord, would you provide this for me? You know, th this is the interesting thing. I believe, I teach this, I believe this. The interesting thing is that, that God wants to hear his word back to him. The reason I point that out is sometimes we'll think, well, God already knows my heart. God already knows what I need. God already knows that I want these things or need these things. And yet he really responds when we repeat it back to him. He's looking for a conversation. And if you didn't know this, if you're afraid of praying yourselves, it's a conversation. How many of you feel intimidated when you're in a prayer meeting? You don't know what to pray. You don't, it's like, I'm not sure I can pray like that. Or I measure my prayer based upon someone else's prayer. Don't do that. God's just looking for a conversation. He's looking for you to share his heart. He's looking for you to repeat back the things to him that he already knows. But he's looking for that relationship. And so give us our day, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, Right? And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Here's some thoughts. Just some thoughts I'm thinking about when I was a little kid, thinking about my, my grandson, right? And he's a demolition guy. I'm thinking about when I was a kid and my mom was teaching me how to pray. How many of you had a mom that would come and pray with you in the evening when you went to bed, and you went to bed, and your mom taught you this prayer? Did you have a mom like that? I had a mom like that. 
How many of you ever heard that prayer? Let me, let me give this prayer here. How many of you ever heard this prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You ever heard that one before? Yeah. There's different versions of that. Here's another version of it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep his love to guard me through the night and wake me in the morning light. Here's another version. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep the angels watch me through the night and keep me safe till morning light. Now think about being a kid. Okay, You're a little kid. You're getting ready for bed. You're going to go to sleep. You look under the bed. There's nothing under there. Okay, You might walk over to the closet before you get in bed and look into the closet. When I was a little kid, my dad had a a, a, a grizzly bear, bearskin rug with the mouth wide open. My bedroom was right in front, the door right in front of these teeth. Right? Is that really a good thing for a little kid to go to sleep to? So you look under your bed. Your mom comes over. She sits down next to your bed and she says, Dan, repeat this prayer with me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Wait a minute. I don't want anybody to take my soul. If I should die before I wake? Mom, is there anything under my bed, right? There's a good way to present a petition in the right way, and there's kind of a creepy way. I mean, I'm thinking of this petition my mom thought, thought she should teach me. My mom's a wonderful saint, but I'm thinking about this petition, this petitional prayer. God, I'm going to die, and since I'm going to die, would you make sure that you take me? I'm not sure where you're going to take me because I don't even have a good concept of what that is, but would you take me anyway? Right? So that's not necessarily the best petition in the world. In fact, I kind of think of that petition as maybe a little bit like that clown Pennywise or maybe that guy they call Freddy Krueger, you know, this person that invades your dream. So there's often a way to petition, not just you and learn and teach, but there's often a way to petition that might be a little bit better than others, whether it's, Daddy, I want a pony, and I'm coming from a very spoiled child's perspective, or it's, this is the creepy prayer that I'm going to pray. <laughs> so anyway, that's just my childhood experience. If you think, if you don't understand what's wrong with me, now you know. Yeah. So let's step back to this. Let me step back, step back to this idea of petition. Let's look at Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. How many of you have ever heard of the prayer of Jabez, right? The prayer of Jabez is a petition. There's a popularized song that came out by a guy by the name of Paul Balash wrote this song, Prayer of Jabez. Let's just read this. 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10 says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now think about that. If I'm going to bring a petition before the Lord, if I'm a child and I'm presenting to my father and I'm, I haven't just torn the, the, uh, the paint off the wall and torn the register out of the floor and come to him, right? If I've come to him and I've cleaned up my room and I've done the things that, that might be expected of me, just come before the throne in the right position, 
oftentimes gets a maybe a different response. Again, there's no formulaic kind of a thing, but just think about this as your own children come to you and present something. It's a little bit smoother if you are in the right place with them before you bring it. So it says this, that Jabez was in this right place. How do I know that? Because it calls him honorable. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God did what? He granted the request. Interesting. So let's just step back to this passage that I used to open this message up, this passage we call Philippians 4, 5 through, well, it wasn't 4, 5, it was 4, 6. So look back at Philippians 4, 6, and I want to put it in context of 4, uh, 4 through 7, but look at 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be made known to God. Now, if I, if I don't contextualize Scripture correctly, I could kind of draw my own conclusions. It's good to leave Scripture in context of what's going on around it, because if I don't, I can come up with all kinds of conclusions that might be in conflict with the deeper, overarching picture of what's being said. And so when I look at Philippians 4, 5 through 7... It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Now just think about what's going on here. If I'm rejoicing in the Lord always, if I'm rejoicing in God, I'm putting myself in a different light than daddy, I want another pony, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, let your gentle... I'm not ripping stuff off the wall. I'm not pulling the plugs out. I'm not plopping the register out. I'm not running around putting stuff in my mouth all day long, right? Let your gentle, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known or made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard you. It's important to get a hold of this idea that a petition, yes, don't get me wrong, no matter what place you are, even if you're angry, even if, you're, if, you, even if I'm spoiled, it doesn't matter where you are, yes, bring it before God. But think about your relationship as a person to your own father. What would solicit the right kind of response? It's important to kind of get that foundational idea and apply it. Does God answer prayer? Absolutely. Sometimes people will try to use Old Testament, and I'm not going to get into a theological debate. I'll just tell you how I think about this. So the, the, sometimes will, people will take the Old Testament and they'll pull a passage out and they say, well, God doesn't answer all prayers, or God doesn't hear all prayers. But that context is not taking into consideration the atonement. 
You see, there's this person, this God-man called Jesus, who came and suffered and died. He bled. He was nailed to a cross. He raised from the dead, and he was risen to the Father's right hand. And in his position at the right hand of the Father, what does he do with us or for us all day long? He intercedes for us. See, God answers prayer, and he hears your prayers. And it's because of the atonement, it's because of the blood of Jesus that he is going to respond because Jesus is interceding for us. He died for us from then and forever for everything that might block, if you want to use that word, that prayer from being heard. Now, there are times we know that there are times we can get in a bad place and we can bring our petitions before the Lord and maybe there's a battle raging on around us we don't even consider like the scripture also says, don't be at enmity with your wife, right? Don't be at a bad position with your wife because it could cause your prayers to be what? Come on. Hindered? Is hindered the same thing as not heard? It's not the same thing. You can't take the passage and say hindered. Well, that means God's not hearing. No, that's not, that's not the same word. It's not the same context. It's not contextualizing scripture. Exegesis is not doing the right thing with it. In context, to be hindered doesn't mean it's not being heard. It means I put myself in the wrong position. And so it might take a little bit longer. I get a picture, this is the way I get a picture of this battle raging on around me, the demonic hordes and their, you know, all of these, these things raging around me. And every time I get out of alignment, what happens is this, this demonic horde sees that and they take that and they put that in the battle as, as, as some way to use against me. And even though that's kind of an ethereal fantasy kind of an image, that is exactly what happens. You see, when I put myself in the wrong position, I give permission. You with me? When I put myself in the wrong position, I give permission. And who do I give that permission to? Well, all of those that are not with God to come and devour me. You see, there is a battle raging, and so this is why it's important to understand that don't be that person that's saying, Daddy, I want a pony, right? Um, it's okay if you're in the right position to ask the father for a pony, but think about this. This little kid running around tearing paint off the wall. Yeah. Considering the petition or the position, I'm sorry, the position or the perspective of the atonement in Romans 8, 3 in Romans 8.34, it says that Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. In John, in 1 John 2.1, it reads that Jesus is our advocate with the Father. And from Hebrews 7.25, it talks about we learn that Jesus always lives to intercede. So now, no matter what, our prayers are being heard. Sometimes the response it's not always what we want, but it is. First John, First John 2, 1 through 2 says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. 
and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. And if you don't get that, that word propitiation, he's the one that's standing in the gap. He is the sacrifice. He is the only one true sacrifice that can bring back or correct or make right our relationship with the Father. Ephesians 6, 8. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times. What? It, what was that? Did I, did I just say all? What, what does all mean? Uh, what? All means all? Okay. That's good. All means all. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, notice that in the Spirit, what does that mean? Now, I'm not going to get all you know, weird with you or anything, but there is a place that you can be in the Holy Spirit that is a place that you are not when you are not, right? There's a place that you can be in Holy Spirit that is not where sometimes we are. What does that mean? So I'll give you an idea. There was a time when I was with my, uh, my, my parents Next, living next to my parents, I had this pond, and I was praying for hours, circling around and around and around, and I was doing this for hours, literally hours, praying, circling around this pond, and it actually felt different. It actually, it was almost like something tangible. It was almost like the air around me was different. It was almost like the, the light was different. Now, I hadn't done any strange chemicals, okay? I hadn't done anything because I don't do that. Something happened. So I could feel it. Something shifted. There is a place in the Holy Spirit, that's, and it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes it's just as natural as anything else. To, but to pray in the Spirit is actually to remove those inhibiting things. It's almost like the idea of fasting is to remove those things that might hinder us from really focusing in on the Lord. And so with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. You see, that passage even takes it beyond the idea of petition for self, but all saints, for all saints, even into intercession. Now, here's some thoughts, things you might consider doing when making a prayer of petition. How about this? How many of you write stuff down? How many of you journal? This is a good habit. Let me tell you, I'm not the greatest at the habit, so a little bit of a hypocrite here. But if you want to petition, think about it. There's a, in the room right over here, in the conference room right over here, there's a bunch of writing on the whiteboard that Pastor Emily has written on there, and it's for prayer at 9 o'clock every Sunday morning to come in and pray. Those items on there are petitions, intercessions. Write it down. And she does, she's meticulous. She is a very gifted administrator as well as pastorally. Go to write that word down. Find scriptures that apply to your situation to make those the foundation of your petition. Be specific. Take your time. Study and meditate on those promises that pertain to that petition. Consult with the Holy Spirit. 
Pray in the Holy Spirit. Consult with the Holy Spirit. He's there as our helper. He's there to guide us, to help us, to keep us. And he goes before us. Get in communication with the Holy Spirit and let him help you develop it. He'll talk to you, Romans 8, 26 through 27. It shows that in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness where we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings, with deep, deep stuff and groanings. Write your petition, right? Pray the prayer of petition. If you're afraid to pray, do it anyway. It's something that God asks us to do. Pray. Do it. How many of you know that prayer actually involves opening our mouths? You can pray silently. I get it. But in most cases, when we study the word prayer, it's about doing this. Huh? Something coming out of our mouth. Say it. Speak it. Pray it out loud. It's good. You can pray silently as well. Have confidence if you are a person that feels like God's not responding or hearing your prayers, God hears your prayers because Jesus is there interceding for us. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, I got one. <laughs> amen. And praise God. Praise God. Isn't it wonderful when a child comes to you and thanks you for everything? Isn't it wonderful when your children come before you and they say, thank you, Mom, thank you, Dad, thank you, Grandpa, thank you, Grandma, for what you did, for what you gave to me, for the things that you do. Thank God. And here's a passage and closing thought here in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. As we already read, a prayer of petition. Let's read it again. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested, petition. Petition before the Lord. Petition. Make your petitions known. 